I thought we'd dedicate this entire episode to the Queen's Platinum Jubilee. I think that's uh, foremost on all of our minds right now. Uh, okay, we'll, we'll actually talk about something different. Let's, I, Cheryl, I wanted to ask you about uh, potential expansion. Uh, there's been some breaking news. I don't know if it's official official or if it's more speculation, but really intriguing list of teams that the WNBA could expand to in the next year that includes the Bay Area, includes Toronto, Philadelphia. I know Kelsey Trainer is pulling for that Philadelphia team, Nashville, some really intriguing sites. Uh, any thoughts on expansion or potential sites for new expansion teams? Yeah, I think, you know, Kathy, there, were, there was a – uh, the Athletic and Chantel Jennings did um, uh, an exclusive with Kathy Engelbert, um, and, and Kathy knows that's probably one of the biggest biggest topics. I know that Kathy's had a number of things that she's been trying to work through to get things in order to be able to prepare for uh, being able to expand, and a lot of that had to do with valuation. Um, you know, so the big news of you know the equity raise, etc. And so I think now uh, it's probably moved up the list a little bit. Uh, in terms of um, maybe interest from from potential expansion cities, and and then just um, I think maybe Kathy feeling a little more ready uh, to take it on, and I uh, thought the story was great in terms of you know if you're a fan of the WNBA, um, you know learning learning about you know we always hear unfortunately, uh, and it came a lot from from the NBA uh, what the W is not worth um, for years. And, you know, don't, don't lose a million dollars if you're a franchise, you know, that was blasphemy, right? Like that was the narrative, you know, whether it was uh, Mark Tatum or Mike Bass, uh, NBA communications person, um, they always wanted people to know that the WNBA lost $12 million. Uh, that was a priority of theirs. And that makes zero business sense. Uh, and I think Kathy's right now in the process of kind of recovering and rebuilding uh, the financial image of the WNBA, um, the po- popularity of women's sports. Um, you know, there, there's a real uh, wave of enthusiasm and, and, and ways that we hadn't seen before. And so I think right now, and I think Kathy alluded to this in, in, in her story that, um, you know, that we're, we're in a new time and the, the valuation of the WNBA is obviously as high as it's ever been uh, each for, you know, for, for each individual franchise uh, and so I think that's got us well positioned to uh, to consider expansion. We need expansion. Um, uh, I think, you know, we also I think beyond expansion, you know, the, the roster sizes, I think there's a number of things uh, left to tackle. Um, but in terms of expansion itself and potential cities, I think there's a lot of a lot of great opportunities. Um, I think the Kathy said that the list was, you know, maybe they started around 100, 100 possibilities, 100 cities. Um, I have no idea uh, who would be on that list, what cities are on that list. Uh, just know that if Chantel Jennings wrote that there are uh, six cities, I'm going to assume that that it was fairly accurate uh, information that she has. And, um, you know, I think it's exciting. And, uh, you know, it's something obviously that we're all looking forward to and, you know, more jobs, um, you know, more more ability to watch NCAA players that NCAA fans get attached to uh, that now want to watch them at the professional level. Um, we're, we're finding, uh, you know, waived players um, that, you know, that people are really upset with and, and think that we need a, you know, more opportunities. And so I think, you know, it's exciting. I think that, uh, you know, to hear actual uh, timing with regard to this, 
because it was just a few months ago, um, Kathy said we were years away from this. Uh, and so now to have by season's end or by year's end that we potentially could have an announcement of, of where and, and giving that city an opportunity to, you know, properly get up and running. Um, that that's really exciting possibilities. No doubt about it. She's Cheryl Reeve. This is the Cheryl Reeve show. This is part of talknorth.com. We recommend subscribing to your favorite podcast app. It's free. It's the easiest way to listen. You can always go to talknorth.com and see all the shows, all the archives of the shows, all the other sports shows, all the other outdoor shows. Uh, thank you to our sponsors, Livia, Rudy Luther, Toyota, Cara Quinn, Successful Marketing Group, All Energy Solar, and TSR Injury Law, 612-TSR-TIME, as you know. And uh, thanks to our producer, Brandon Morton. Uh, and thank you for listening. We do appreciate it. Uh, so if expansion comes about here soon, uh, what would be the first immediate impact on you know your team or competitive balance? I mean, how do you think it would all play out? I know it's a broad question, but I think you've thought about this stuff more than I have. So I'm trying to give you an open platform <laughs> here. Yeah. Well, the the first thing you have when you talk about expansion is it does impact the current rosters uh, because expansion will come uh, from those existing rosters. So we'll have to go through that. Um, how many players you know you can protect and those decisions. So that's my my general managing uh, cap. You know that's that's what I think about. Um, and then I think the you know the overall impact competitively it's not unlike what you see in the in the nba um you know depending on uh, i think timing for an expansion team if i'm an expansion team this is a a good time with regard to the WNBA draft in terms of prospects uh which which lie ahead over the next few years your ability as an expansion team to improve quickly i think that still exists because the league is still small enough uh when you have 30 teams like the NBA has, uh, it could take a lot longer uh, to, to make some strides. I think with free agency the way that it is now, uh, I think that um, with the, the quality of the WNBA drafts that lie ahead uh, and then being able to, you know, I think as deep as the league has ever been, uh, you're going to get, you know, probably a couple of reserve players that, you know, are on the verge of, of being able to be capable of uh, being in, in more prime roles. Uh, so I think the the prospect of, you know, that team being able to be competitive uh, pretty quickly, I think means that, you know, if you're talking two teams, uh, I don't know that the landscape changes a whole lot. Um, I, I think the, you know, the, the competitive nature of our league right now, you know, we're, we're a team that's, you know, we have, a, we have a different view than what we had five years ago. Um, you know, we had a view from the top and now our view is, is changed. Um, uh, you know, we don't, we don't see, um, we don't see any bad teams in the league. Um, there are teams that have bad records, um, uh, but, but not bad teams. And I think that same thing would be true for an expansion team. So I, I think the competitive nature of it would stay the same. I don't think it would get watered down, uh, which would sometimes be the, be the concern, but, but we can have concerns, in women's sports that we don't have in men's sports. Um, when men's sports expand, right, there are eyes on the prize, which is money. And and uh, sometimes when women, you know, like when we think about women's sports and we go, gosh, do we have enough good players to, you know, to really, uh, you know, field more teams? Uh, I can guarantee you the men never worry about whether they have enough good players. <laughs> They're, you know, they, they see the dollar signs and the possibilities financially.
And we should think the same way. And the other variable that we've seen in play lately is when the NHL expanded, they actually let the expansion teams build really good. I mean, you know, Vegas was good right away. So you can all, if you're worried about a team being competitive, you can also, uh, you can rig it so that that incoming team has talent right away and compete. Uh, Of course, the old, the old school way of doing it was make sure they're lousy for a while and just, and just beat up on them until they can get their feet on the ground. Yeah. Well, and I, I think it would be important. Uh, It's less appealing if you're an expansion team uh, that you, you have a, a more difficult path. I don't think that would be very exciting if I was them and, you know, being able to negotiate that and, and understanding what the possibilities are, you know, that, that would be prudent of, of, of an ownership group. Yeah. And of course the NFL has the probably the most famous business model and their model is making sure everybody at least has the ability to compete. Whereas, you know, other sports uh, like baseball, it's imbalanced. I, I think balance really brings a lot to a league. Uh, wh- where are you today, Cheryl? Uh, we flew back from Atlanta, uh, so I'm I'm uh, actually touched down in Minneapolis. Oh wow! Okay, all right. And then when do you leave for uh, New York? Uh, we head out on Saturday uh, okay. to go spend spend a few days in in the in the Big Apple with a couple games against the Liberty. Right. Okay. Good. Uh, so you mentioned that you know this has been a rough start so far. Um, so much of it seems to be, you know, people come in from coming in late and then people getting hurt. I mean, it's like every sport I cover these days, injuries and how to how to manage them become such a massive story. With yours, it's I mean, you got broken noses, you got a point guard out with a hamstring. Uh, I mean, it's not like there's any any through line with your injuries. You just have people getting beat up. Yeah, I mean, it's just it has been um, a, a difficult six weeks. You know, we're just three weeks into the season, but three weeks of training camp, it's, it's been, um, you know, sort of one thing after the other and, and, you know, things that we didn't necessarily, uh, we always say you got to get lucky, um, to, to, when you have successful seasons, you'll, you'll learn that you had good fortune. You, you have good health, you, uh, the ball bounces your way. Um, those calls that, you know, maybe that can, that can turn a game, go in your favor, that sort of thing. Um, and so again, we've, we've experienced all of that. Um, and then now we're experiencing the other side of it, um, where not a lot of things have gone our way, um, that, you know, really from the off season that have carried over, um, you know, to, to in season and, you know, the, the players are, are doing the best that they can, uh, given, you know, some of the circumstances and, you know, we talked about the change of personnel. We've talked about how many hardship players we've had. And, you know, we have a player flying to Atlanta, you know, playing a, an important role as a backup point guard that's, that enters the game with five minutes to go or five minutes, five minutes into the game, five minutes to go in the first quarter and having to, you know, be kind of like thrown into the fire. And, and these are players that typically haven't been in the league or, um, you know, haven't been you know, like in Kamaya Smalls' case, uh, hasn't been on, she was on the Indiana Fever in the bubble season, but uh, has very limited experience. Um, and uh, Avina Westbrook, uh, who's a, a second round pick, um, you know, that, that we, that, that was waived and, and we picked up and is learning in game. And so just multiply that, you know, there's, um, you know, like you said, the insults to injury is, you know, taking, taking shots to the nose and, getting called for a defensive foul while doing it. Um, you know, I, you know, and I just, I just hung up with the, um, you know, sort of the supervisor of officials. I don't know the exact title, but, um, 
and, and I get that there are sometimes that things are unfortunate, but right now it seems like all those things are happening to us. And, you know, we've just talked to the group about like, you know, tough times don't last, tough people do. Uh, and I told them, I don't know how long the tough times are going to last. And we just got to keep battling. And I thought we did that yesterday. I, I, you know, I, I on some level, um, you know, felt a little bad for our group. Um, the turnovers were, you know, obviously um, you know, the biggest story. And um, all I can tell you is that players don't intentionally turn the ball over. And we just got to find a place that we get a little more settled um, rhythm, uh, identity, you know, and we've got so much going on that I feel like after every play, I turn around and I go, that we haven't been able to tell Avina that yet, or something else happened over here. And we're like, we haven't gotten to that yet because, and so it's just, you know, we're, we're, it's just going to take us a long time. Uh, and I don't know what that means as far as an end result. And I told the team that I don't care whether this was, you know, 2012, uh, when the team was, I don't know, 13 and one, um, or, you know, a team that is experienced and we're experiencing now, we never want to look at our record. Uh, that's the most dangerous place to, to be, whether you're 13 and one or, or where we are, uh, because ultimately the only thing that matters is the next day, uh, the next game. That's the biggest game of the year is the next one. And we have to continue to have that focus. And um, I can tell you, you know, it's a team that's hurting. Um, you know, they, they're trying to, you know, find, find their way and, and, and be who we think we can be as a team. Um, but it's just taken a little while to, to come together and we've had some setbacks and, um, I can tell you this, that it's, it's a, as I told them in the locker room yesterday, um, part of the reason they're here is because they're really good people and you need good people when you fall on hard times, uh, because that's the only way to get through it successfully. And so we have that going in our favor and, and we're just going to, you know, show up every day and, and work, 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 and, and try to find a way to break through. I want to ask you about Sylvia and Simone. First, though, could you tell me a little about Livia? Yeah, I, you know, L- Livia, as, as, as we know, as I've talked about, has, has been so tremendous for me. And um, it's times like these that um, it, it can get really hard. And I, I so many people probably uh, go through the same things that you're, you're very committed to a plan. And then, then you have things that happen, um, you know, that, that challenge you, you challenge your commitment. Uh, and, and for me, that's always been about emotional eating. Um, you know, I had this problem of that when things don't go well, I eat. And when things do go well, I eat and then I drink. So <laughs> I have, I have both sides of it. Right. And so I would have to, man- have to manage it either way, but I can tell you, it's a lot easier to manage, um, you know, uh, in, in, in more successful times and easier times these things get harder. Um, and I can tell you what I've appreciated about Livia is they understand and they have checked in on me <laughs> repeatedly. Uh, and you know, I think the other thing too is, is people that, you know, that, that are on these types of plans or on a journey, um, you know, to, 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 to be better, to do better, you know, for a healthy, healthy life that, that, uh, you know, when you're challenged and, and maybe you have a misstep, um, that it's okay it's okay. And, and just get back to it and, and be forgiving. And that's, that's where I've been challenged. And I've so appreciated the support I've gotten from Livia in this. I'll tell you about our other sponsors here in a second. Uh, Sylvia Fowles continues to put up ridiculous rebounding numbers, numbers 
It, it, it just, you know, this does not feel like uh, somebody who's easing into retirement, even though she's headed toward retirement. Yeah, no, that's, it still only knows one way. I mean, she, she's prepared herself. Um, and, and, you know, um, something that we have talked about with some of our older players through the years is, um, I always want them to sprint to the finish line. Um, uh, and still is the epitome of sprinting through the, through the finish line. And, um, you know, she's there as a leader for our team. And, um, you know, obviously we all want great things for her. Uh, that can be overwhelming, uh, as well. Uh, we're working through that, you know, the pressure of sending so off the right way when it's not going well. Uh, you know, we are, we all start to, you know, squeeze a little bit, you know, trying to make it happen. And that's not been very productive. Um, but I think in terms of what Syl is doing and is trying to do every night, it's, it's exactly what you hope for. And, and I'm super proud of her. And, and, and I know how much she cares about this team and this franchise and, um, you know, that, that won't waver. And I know we live in this world of, you know, professional men's sports, I think, you know, probably where it comes from is, um, you know, that, you know, still needs to be, you know, on a different team, you know, competing for a championship in her last year. Uh, that's, you know, we, we should trade her, um, et cetera, et cetera. And I don't know if that's a, if it's a Sylvia Fowles thing or women's sports versus men's sports, maybe some of the differences in how we think. Um, but it's the furthest thing from Sylvia Fowles' mind. Um, this franchise is, is what she cares about and giving everything she has to this franchise to try to position us uh, for the future. And she'll tell you that it's real. Uh, and it's hard. It's hard. It's hard doing what, what, uh, um, you know, Syl is trying to do and, and, uh, you know, she, she's committed and, uh, you know, we're all, like I said, we're going to work every day to, you know, try to get this thing turned around. Let's talk about Simone next. First, we do want to thank Rudy Luther Toyota. Ready for a women forward car dealership? Rudy Luther Toyota empowers their many women on staff in sales, management, and service. Whether you are looking for a new Toyota or pre-owned vehicle, Rudy Luther Toyota has something for everyone. Every vehicle comes with a Luther Advantage. Ten cents off fuel and car wash discounts at holiday stations, Luther Advantage warranty, and five-day return policy on pre-owned vehicles. Located just five minutes west of downtown Minneapolis, off 394 and General Mills Boulevard. And they're also hiring. Want to join the team but don't know where to start? Visit RudyLutherToyota.com today. This is the time of year where we have a brief moment between paying high utility bills to keep your home or business warm to paying high utility bills to keep your home or business cold. In most parts of the country, energy rates are rising or have already gone up. You're probably already noticing it on your bill, just like we're all noticing it at the gas pump. Solar Energy can help you lock in energy rates and give you peace of mind knowing your energy costs won't rise along with fossil fuel costs. Solar panels last 25 to 30 years, giving you a good idea where your energy is coming from for decades to come. For this and many of the other reasons we've listed over time as All Energy Solar has been sponsoring this program and our network, you want to check out allenergysolar.com, allenergysolar.com. also want to tell you about uh, Sete Coli. That is Italian, and it's coming from my realtor, Cara Quinn. That is the name of her new business. She's branching out on her own because she has so much expertise that goes beyond simply being a realtor, although she's a great realtor. Uh, Sete Coley is a family-owned, Twin Cities-based home remodeling, real estate, and property management company offering personalized service and outstanding client care. It means Seven Hills. That's a nod to the Seven Hills of Rome, Italy. They handle home remodeling, 
realtor services, property managing, and wraparound services. Like, let's say you're a homeowner considering a home improvement project. Uh, Car Quinn can help you evaluate the impact of a remodel on your home's market value. If you're a prospective home buyer, Car can help you assess the cost and the logistics of updating the home you're buying. We're going through right all this right now with Cara as we get our house ready for market. I'm going to be in the future. I'm going to be telling about the other ways they can help you, but just remember S E T T E C O L L I. So tell me about the night, uh, retiring Simone's Simone Augustus's Jersey. Yeah, that was, I think that was a night, um, you know, fans were, were excited to, to show their appreciation for an unbelievable career, um, for that Simone had as a Minnesota Lynx and, and, um, I thought that the the work that our folks put into the ceremony uh, made it really special. Um, I know Simone was appreciative and, and really understood all that went into it. And then obviously a chance to stand in front of the fans, kind of quote one last time, you know, as, as her jersey, you know, that, that was raised in, into the rafters. Uh, it was special for everyone, you know, that was even remotely involved with the links and understood uh, who Simone Augustus was, not only to our team, uh, but to our community. Um, th- those things are always really special. Um, and then, then you have to go over the last part, which is, you know, um, she then goes to the bench of, of the opponent of, uh, you know, probably the, our least favorite opponent in the league. Uh, so it's a very, you know, I wanted a, I wanted a bittersweet, you know, which was sweet on the front end and bitter on the back end, but we, we just couldn't get it done. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I said I'm, I'm way early asking this, but uh, you have something planned like this for Sylvia for the future? Yeah, it's really early, but I think it's a no-brainer. Um, yeah. Those those conversations, it's just it's not if, it's when, um, and that that's obviously a no-brainer. I don't think I'm speaking out of turn with that one. Right. Uh, tell me a little bit about Milich, uh and how she's fit in, and where, and where you found her. Yeah, um, you know Nina. Nina is somebody that's really e- evolving, um, and uh, you know when she wasn't evolving, it wasn't her fault. I wasn't playing her enough, um, and and now we're we're kind of finding our groove with some rotation and getting getting people off the floor, um, and and Nina's getting more comfortable, and 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 she's just she's just a competitor, and she's she's bouncy, uh, so she's athletic enough to to be uh, successful in this league. Uh, she can score the ball. She can pass the ball. Um, you know, she's going through a little bit of the try to figure out how not to foul, you know, but she also kind of gets in weird situations, you know, through no fault of her own that, you know, we say this, this happened to Devereaux Peters when she was a young player. Uh, we told her all the time, you are not going to get a call. Matter of fact, if they see you in the area, they're going to call the foul on you. <laughs> it's just the way it goes. And so we're, we're, we're feeling that with Nina uh, a little bit because it's just easier from an officiating standpoint to deal with Nina Milich as opposed to uh, other, quote, star players in the league. Um, and, and Nina came to us, um, you know, she was recently over in, in, in Hungary. But um, we, we, the experience that I've had with USA Basketball, we've played against the Serbian national team, and it was years ago. Um, she hasn't since played for the national team, uh, due to some other conflicts, not because she's not good enough, um, but other national, uh, conflicts, um, that I don't necessarily fully all understand, but, um, it's a player that we were aware of then. And, uh, her agent called us, um, probably two years ago and we talked about bringing Nina over before and, uh, you know, that she was committed to the WNBA, wanted to be in it and would be here on time 
all those sort of things that you worry about sometimes with um, some international players. And so she became somebody that we started watching more closely and, and uh, made a decision this off season that this would probably be the year that we would need some help. Uh, you know, we knew that we were injury wise uh, or in Nafisa's case uh, being pregnant that with our roster at just 10 uh, to start the season, we were darn sure that, you know, whether it was, early or mid or late that there would be an opportunity for her at some point. And so we communicated that uh, to the agent and floated it to Nina and, and um, she said she'd be ready to go if called. And that's exactly what happened. You mentioned talking to a supervisor of referees. Were you calling, did you call them and uh, was it one or two specific calls or refereeing in general? Well, the refereeing in general never goes my way. Um, <laughs> I, I said, I just told her, I said, uh, Sort of like Democrats and Republicans, you know, we're never going to see eye to eye. That's referees and coaches. Um, you know, we're always going to have a different take uh, on things. And uh, that's just understood. And so I, I'm not somebody that, and, and I think, you know, Sue knows this, Sue Blau. Uh, I, I'm not the the coach or, you know, I'm, an, I'm not an executive who's going to send in 50 clips every game and be railing on referees. Um, it's not something that I'm capable of doing. Uh, I, I really need to stay focused on the task at hand. So I really try very hard. I don't, I don't submit, uh, you know, reviews and, and that sort of thing um, because it, it just puts your attention in the, in the wrong place. And, and frankly, it's, you know, it's, it's kind of, at, at times it feels very pointless. Um, and if there's something egregious, then I, and I feel like I need to have a conversation um, that's, that's where it comes from. And so I just, I needed to understand what happened um, on the uh, broken nose, um, you know, the flail by Christy Wallace on Jess's face um, and what what should have happened, you know, hear them out, um, the illegal screen that not came back out, like just, just trying to understand. I, I always like, hey, they're human too. Um, you know, us trapping just over half court, not having any kind of game awareness um, that when a team dribbles over half court and picks it up, no team is trying to foul. They know they have that player in trouble. Mm-hmm. Uh, so just game awareness. And so, you know, we just kind of, we talked about, you know, being tripped when going to the basket. Ariel Powers was tripped early in the fourth quarter and no call. Millets was kind of spun around, thrown to the floor on, on, on a weird loose ball. Um, just, just things like that, that I felt like kind of, I needed to understand what was happening. And um, I just thought that the crew had a tough night um, and communicated that to the the crew and, and, uh, you know, thought it was very disappointing, uh, as our team is battling and trying to find our way. Um, it was a tough night to have that happen. Uh, cause I thought obviously the turnovers, you know, if we don't turn it over, we could overcome the officiating, which is what has to happen all the time. Um, it's just, it, it's just the way it is. Every game you, you can, each team, you, you're going to have four or five calls that you're like, you don't understand it. It could have gone another way you have to account for those things and you have to be able to overcome them. And the team that can do that, um, you know, obviously they're, they're, they're better for it. And we just, we just couldn't, uh, the turnovers were, were too much, but when I've got players that, you know, have a broken nose and now have to, you know, maybe play with a mask on, or I've got Kayla McBride who has to wake up every three hours, uh, because of the, of the contusion so that she could even consider playing in the next game so that she can have good range of motion, you know, and there's nothing that's coming from it. And, you know, as a crew, uh, I thought they, they, you know, they, they failed one another. 
in terms of the teamwork that should be happening when things very obviously something happened and what come out of it was, was a no call. Now those things are unacceptable. And, and, you know, I, I think, you know, Sue, Sue is very professional and very receptive. Um, she can't see all the plays. She appreciates some of the feedback. And I always appreciate hearing the angle. Um, what are they being taught and what do I need to know about it? You know, um, so I can, you know, speak on it more effectively when it's happening in game. And so, you know, that not a, not a pick up the phone, ranting and raving. It's more, look, this is problematic. Is it unfortunate? You know, like, yeah, it was unfortunate that it happened. They were wrong. They got it wrong. Okay. That happens. Now they never admit it during the game. It's a little bit easier when they do. Um, but Hey, you know, pick any game you can go through and, and find plays that you go, you know, that, that probably wasn't the right call. Um, good because they're, they're human. Just like when players play, you know, we, we don't always do the right things. So, um, so productive call, but one that I go, you know, it's not going to change anything for the next game. You just hope that as you know, we have, I think it's half the officiating uh, in the league this year is new. Mm. And so they're with that, just like uh, a team, uh, you know, Sue Blau is coaching new players, so to speak. So it takes some time. And, you know, one of the, I thought, um, probably maybe the best points that Sue made is, you know, they, they officiate the G League. They officiate the W and some, you know, will get to uh, officiate in the NBA. Um, the games are different. The games are different. And, and what's happening in the G League is different than what's happening in the WNBA. And so they're having to adjust. And maybe your position in the G League was good. But in the W, our location of things are happening, you've got to change your position. So just things like that that Sue, I think, is really helpful and and just kind of sharing, you know, what the challenges are. And, uh, you know, of course, you know, you want to make all the calls right. Uh, but that's that's obviously, you know, not going to happen every night because they are human. All right. Cheryl gets a chance to uh, offer a thought on anything she likes, anything happening in America, the WNBA or on her team. I uh, want to thank once again, Livia, Rudy Luther Toyota, my realtor, Cara Quinn, successful marketing group. All Energy Solar and TSR Injury Law. All right, Cheryl, what's on your mind today? Well, I'm, my mind is on um, domestic violence, uh, domestic abuse survivors, um, and anyone that's ever been around, uh, either have gone through it themselves or have a family member or a friend uh, that has gone through it, uh, understands the trauma and how difficult um, those moments are and the fear um, that one lives with and is traumatized for the rest of their lives. Uh, I just want to say that I, I believe Amber heard, and I think it was disgraceful. Um, the, uh, the outcome, uh, of that trial that somehow, um, you know, this monster, Johnny Depp is a monster and what he did to Amber heard. Um, and, and for him to find any level of success is a massive, massive setback to women everywhere. Well said. And I think uh, if you were on social media at all, you also saw the people celebrating uh, and celebrating in a really disgusting way. The outcome uh, kind of outed themselves once again. Uh, Well, thank you for uh, taking all the different questions on all the different topics, Cheryl. I do appreciate it. Uh, We'll talk to you next week and uh, good luck in New York.